Miguel Cabrera is the fastest human being on the planet. Uh, as the Tigers win a game that Kansas City did everything in their power to ensure that they lost. They begged the Tigers to win, and the Tigers won. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Tigers podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Blue Nile, the original online jeweler make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from blue nile.com and locked on sports listeners are getting $50 off of purchases $500 or more using code locked on okay the tigers win this one whoa heck yeah gotta win uh not because the tigers the tigers took advantage of the Royals' horrible play. <laughs> That's really the only way to put it. Um, the, they, the Tigers did win, and, and we will never not take a win whenever we can get it because as we have come to find out over the last half a decade, they are few and far between, and, and they are not easy to get at the major league level. Okay. Um, that being said, the, the Royals – begged us to win this game begged they i mean like they did everything in their power to to, to ensure a loss they i i it, it was remarkable actually what inning was that the seventh yeah the seventh inning was one of the 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 worst displays and just implosions I've seen from from another team. Seen it from our team, too, much more than I'd like to admit. But I, I mean, it was like impressive. It, it was for real impressive. That was absolutely brutal by the Kansas City Royals, and it starts with a Miguel Cabrera steal. Well, starts maybe a little bit of a stretch, but. Miguel Cabrera steals third, catches uh, catches a pitcher sleeping a little bit, steals third uh, on the throw down to third. It was a really bad throw. Um, I think he's in there, even with a good throw. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, like, uh, I'm trying to remove the bias. I think he's in there. I really do. I, I think that's a stolen base. Like, a, like an earned true steal of third for Miguel Cabrera in 2022. If you think that like a a perfect, perfect throw might've gotten him, sure. But it it would have had to have been a a really, really darn good throw. And any mistake on the throw whatsoever, and and he's in there. And certainly, you know, they airmailed the ball in the left field and he was able to then just turn around and run home and, and, and score from second on a stolen base. In 2022 at 39 years old, 
that's going to go down as one of the highlights of the season, um, which I guess is kind of sad, but we'll, we'll take highlights whenever we can get them. Um, that, that is going to be looked upon as one of the, one of the high points of the season for sure. And, uh, the offense in this one, look, 11 hits, seven runs, certainly, uh, a, a decent offensive showing for sure. Um, three doubles in this one, a little bit better timely hitting, but honestly, I still was not impressed Like, I I don't want to be cynical. I I don't want to be just like super pessimistic all the time, but I think this team has given us every reason to be. And uh, I I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you. We, we had three unearned runs, right? Because of that implosion in the seventh, seven minus three is, is, is four for those who, who are maybe not uh, math whizzes at home. Like myself, I had to do that on a calculator. Um, seven minus three is four and the Royals scored five runs. So, uh, there, there is an argument to be made that you won this game solely because a a major league baseball team had four errors in a game. And I'm pretty sure three of them were in the seventh inning alone without that implosion, you might not win this ball game. And it was the same old story again, like three doubles, uh, four doubles. Javi had two, I believe. So, so four doubles on, on 11 hits. Um, that's, and what, three walks in this one? Yeah. So on 14 base runners, you had, you had four doubles. And that is the, the entirety of your extra base hits. Um, no, no home runs because this team is allergic to home runs. And while four, extra base hits might seem like it's better than what we're used to. It is. That doesn't make it good. You have to understand that this is a, a offense that is currently on pace to be historically bad. And I don't mean historically in, in the sense of, of like, Oh, you know, over the last couple of years, like, like there was a point this season where this offense was on pace to be one of the worst offenses that, that we've seen in the modern era. Uh, and they got a little bit better for a little bit when Riley Green got called up uh, and then slumped back down over the last, you know, the, the last four games. Seven runs in this one, but again, only four of them earned. Um, I, I mean, this is truly an offense that if they don't pick it up in post-All-Star break, uh, could go down as as one of the worst offenses we've seen uh, in, in quite some time. And as a fan base, just in the last 20 years, we've watched two teams lose 114 and 119 games. And this year's team has the chance to be a horrific offense. It's interesting, fascinating, I guess is the word. Interesting is a dumb word. It's fascinating comparing and contrasting the 2019 team and the 03 team because the 03 team actually had some offensive weapons. Uh, but was just one of the worst pitching staffs ever assembled, truly. Um, but ha- had some weapons offensively. Had some guys that, that um, and you know, it, it wasn't a good offense. They lost 119 games, but relatively speaking, it wasn't an 119 loss offense, uh, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Even though they're still very, very bad numbers, 
Uh, like Demetri Young had had a phenomenal like 900 OPS season or something ridiculous. Like like they had some weapons. And then the 2019 team actually had some decent pitching performances. You know, we all remember Matthew Boyd um, had some had a, some decent weapons out of the pen. Shane Green in the first half, and now obviously we traded Shane Green. But um, you know, Michael Fulmer pre-injury was pretty solid. Like there was there was some uh, Tyler Alexander debuts. Like there there's some decent pitching performances. Again, still 114 lost team, still not good, but. Not 114 loss bad, and the offense was putrid. And now this year, we have this weird, like, mix and match of, like, when when the offense the offense is 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 really really bad, and the pitching is barely keeping us in games. And then it seems like, outside of the six game win streak, there when the offense lately the last month or so when the offense has shown up, the pitching is starting to slowly you know like palms are sweaty sweaty kind of a thing like you're losing your grip a little bit knees weak arms are heavy vomit on a sweater already my spaghetti like it's it's a little bit of of not the same dominant pitching dominant might be a stretch it is a stretch not the same pitching performance we saw maybe in 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 may and early june with this team because then we, we had we had a lot of really clutch pitching performances and we still have and this and the pitching for this one has still been uh, much better than than advertised, especially considering the fact that we have so many injuries on, on the starting pitching side of things. They have have been able to to tape and bandage their way to being rather productive, and and everybody in that staff and and Chris Fetter deserve a ton of credit. Um, but it's none of it's going to matter if we can't hit the ball. And I know that that I kind of got away from the game there and have kind of went down this rabbit hole, but um, this is a and you know we had eleven hits and you're probably like, why is this dude talking about how bad the offense is with eleven hits? Because the same reasons that the offense has been bad all season persisted in this game. We've had double digit hit games before, but it's always no extra base hits. And horrible with runners in scoring position. Outside of Miguel Cabrera, when you're talking about pure hits with runners in scoring position, tonight wasn't much better. There was just a lot of horrible, horrible defense by the Kansas City Royals. We'll get some more in the game and, and, and we'll break down some more. Bo Brisky pitched in this one, had a really interesting start as well. Interesting is a dumb word. Kind of a fascinating start as well. Um, and, and we'll get into some... There are some bats that are starting to to heat up lately and, and we'll cover some more stuff, but it's just it's really difficult for me. And if you don't share that this sentiment, that's that's totally fine. It's just really difficult for me to just like I'm not gonna be the dude that just jumps on and off board uh, of the Tigers like hype train every day and like when we win, I'm on top of the world and when we lose, um it, you know, it, it's a disaster. Like, no, this this is all pretty much a disaster at this point in the season. And they're going to have to score a lot more runs to convince me otherwise. And the inability to hit the ball over like 300 feet for this team is is truly of the likes that we have never seen in in like the modern era. It, it's remarkable how how few home runs and how few extra base hits this team hits. So we'll get into 
to, to more of, of some individual performances and we will talk about more of the game. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm just word vomiting, I guess. I'm, I'm still very frustrated with this season and this win doesn't change anything for me. What is not frustrating is Blue Nile. That was a great transition. BlueNile.com, the original online jeweler. Uh, they have simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers along, sorry, not along. Their bench jewelers will handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is tr- truly one of a kind. I can't speak, apparently. If you're looking for fine jewelry, but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. So make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Tigers listeners are getting $50 off of purchases, $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. You can use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON+. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside so you can shop completely stress-free find your forever peace at bluenile.com today all right welcome back to segment two here at locked on tigers thanks for making us your first listen every single day we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts including youtube um okay so we we were vomited about the offense and how I'm not going to be fooled by any 11 hit performances anymore. That that was that was May Scott. I'm a totally different man than I was j- just a few weeks ago. I refuse to be fooled by by a couple of by one actually game uh, of high hit performances. Yesterday was a complete disaster. The day before that was a disaster. This entire hitting streak, the offense has been irrelevant. Uh, and, and I'm not going to be fooled by an 11 hit game in which we only scored four earned runs against the Kansas City Royals and one of the worst starting pitchers literally in baseball. You're not going to catch me getting excited about that. But we will take a win, and there is stuff to take out of this game, as I believe there is something to take out of literally every game. Uh, When we look at the offense, Eric Haas, they showed the graphic on Bally, um, so, so I give them credit there. Eric Haas has had an over a thousand OPS in the la- in almost the last month, I believe, since June fifteenth. That's a fantastic sign, and I think that he should get in the lineup more. Look, I love catchers. Catchers are my favorite thing in in, in like the planet. I, I was a catcher my, my entire life. I love catching. I love the art of catching. Uh, one of my rarer like I'm not usually a a baseball like hardcore traditionalist like I I like like the bat flips and I'm all for like some of the changes that that have been made not all of them you know not definitely not all of them uh but but some of them like I'm totally okay with the the one that I like I don't want uh fully automated umpires I think we should do if we're gonna let it in do like a half and half thing where maybe you can challenge some pitches and it's kind of automated in that sense. I'm not a fully on board with the completely automated strike zone because of my love for the art of catching. That is literally the only thing preventing me from, from being on board for that. So um, I, I, and and that's why I loved the Tucker Barnhart edition. I, he was uh, a wizard behind the dish in Cincinnati. He's, he's been a great framer for most of his career. He's been a really good defender, multiple-time gold glove winner. 
Like this is a dude that I really admired from afar for, for a long time. And he's never been very good with the bat, but he's always been good enough with the bat to justify putting him out there every day because of how good he is defensively this season. I'm not sure he's been that he hasn't been unbelievable behind the plate for starters, which is a change of pace from literally the rest of his entire career. And he's been, as we've talked about on the show, I love the dude, um, but he's objectively been one of the worst hitters in all of major league baseball this season. Like that's, that's objective. Look, like look at his numbers of people that play and are labeled as starters in this league. He is quite literally one of the worst in the entire sport. So um, I'm not sure how, especially again, which we talked about in the first segment, you, you, you have a, a really brutal offense on your hands. I'm not sure how you keep throwing Barnhart out there and leaving Hasse on the bench. I think the the Hasse is is not the defender that Barnhart is. That being said, he's he's not bad enough to. You're basically looking at what's worse. What's worse for the team, Barnhart's bat or Hasse's glove? And the answer at the moment is a hundred percent. Hossie's or uh, Barnhart's bat is significantly worse for dragging the team down more and, and the bigger hole that needs to be filled than, than Hossie's glove. So uh, as much as it pains me because I've admired Tucker Barnhart for so long, I think we probably need to start giving Aaron, Eric Haas uh, a, a lot more opportunities to hit and, and hit in the middle of this lineup that, that can really not get anything consistently going offensively. Um, he had another hit in this one, had a walk in this one as well. Uh, Jonathan Scope with a couple of knocks. That's great to see. His, his OPS is up to 575. Uh, it, it's so disappointing with him because his defense, I, I don't know if, if you guys are aware. I Maybe I've talked about it on the show. Maybe I just tweeted it. I don't know. It kind of all blends together. But uh, Jonathan Scope is like comfortably the best defender when you when you're looking at advanced analytics and on the planet right now in any position his outs above average which is a a defensive stat that a lot of people like the the two main ones are defensive run saves and outs above average defensive run saves he's in the upper echelon of the league um he's not leading the league but but he's up there like in the top 10 or 15 in the league um and then in outs above average he is winning but like at any position, anybody who's played major league baseball this year at any of the nine positions, he is first place by like five, I think at the moment, like he has 20 or 21 and the next closest has like 14 or something like that at the time of this, I believe. I think I checked it yesterday, so maybe it's changed a little bit, but um, he is dominating and he maybe already has like gold glove for second base locked up. That's how much he's really dominating that race. Um, and he's leading Tigers hitters in, in F or at least um, is, is in that mix. You know, that's going to change on somewhat a day-to-day basis, but he's, he's in there for like leading Tigers in war for fan graphs because of how good he is defensively. Um, and it's just like, do you know how unbelievably valuable he would be if he was hitting the ball? Like he, he'd be an all-star if he was even like a slightly above league average hitter, but he has gotten off to a brutal start to the season offensively. Um, Torkelson, 
Looks pretty good at the plate today, I'd say. Three for four, hard hit balls, uh, RBIs, clutch hitting. He was fantastic. That's one of the best Spencer Torkelson's outings we've seen in a while. The barrel control was absolutely beautiful. He was lifting the ball to the left side. He was lifting. Uh, he still had, you know, some – he could lift it more. He still had it, you know, it was kind of on a downward trajectory, kind of on a line into the dirt uh, for the RBI, you know, still is doing kind of his same old, same old, but very hard hit balls and, and very timely hitting and uh, three for four, he should be very pumped. And then Akil Badu, his first game back, uh, goes two for four with an RBI against a lefty starter. Love to see that. Um, the, the RBI was off the lefty at the beginning of the game there. Uh, fantastic. Javi buys with a couple of knocks. Didn't look that comfortable, but we'll take hits when we can take them. Uh, yeah. So you, like you had good, some, some good offensive showings. It's just, it's, it's again, I'm not going to be pump faked anymore. I'm not the, the, the problems that, that have persisted, uh, didn't really go anywhere in this game. We just had a, a lot more hits than we usually do. So, um, We'll get into the pitching. We got to talk about Bo Brisky still. Uh, and then we got to talk about some some bullpen stuff as well. But first, I got to tell you all about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline is the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way. Check in on all your favorite sports teams and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including the YouTube. Um, so we'll start with Brisky. Uh, we'll get that out of the way first. Um, he would end up recording a quality start, which is uh, which is it was pretty impressive considering how the game started. He goes six innings, five hits, three earned runs, one walk, and four strikeouts, seven whiffs. Pretty low number, but we're used to numbers for his whiff totals being around five to nine. So. That's kind of in that range. Uh, CSW called strikes plus whiff. CSW percentage of 20. That is pretty uh, darn low. Um, that's, yeah, one out of every five pitches being a, a either swinging strike or a called strike is, is a pretty low number. A lot of contact, as we're used to from Bo Brisky outing, 17 foul balls and 18 balls put in play. Average exit velocity about 91 miles an hour. That's pretty hot. Um a couple of things. First off, looking at the overall outing for him is somewhat misleading as it really was like a tale of two halves. The first two innings were completely different than the last four innings. Um, his first two innings, the command was not there whatsoever. Uh, gave up all three of his runs in the first two innings and then uh, went shutout ball the rest of the way, which I know is only four innings. I'm not trying to make it into something it's not, but um, did did look significantly better after that. The command really picked up. I also think the pitch mix improved, if we're being completely honest. I thought that in the first inning, we got a little fastball heavy there. We got a little too like, hey, we're just going to try to get ahead in the count, maybe, maybe put some very hittable pitches in the zone, whether it was the sinker 
or the fastball. Uh, and the Royals capitalized on it. I don't know if it was in their game plan, like, hey, swing swing early and swing aggressively or what, but but they certainly took advantage and, and were really aggressive in the first two innings. And, uh, and Br- Brisky didn't know, really know how to combat it because uh, even when he did get people on, on one or, or – sorry, on two strike counts, one, two counts, whatever, um, he was then not able to really finish them off because then the command – kind of wavered so i don't know if he just kind of got punched in the mouth early and it was kind of just like a dazed and confused moment and then once he got his focus back it was it was uh rolling or or what it really was but um or definitely a a tale of kind of like two different starts uh because then in the third inning we saw the change up a lot more we saw the slider a lot more uh the, the sinker was also a pretty effective pitch in this one that in the beginning innings was a we're gonna try to get a head pitch and in the later innings of his outing kind of turned into more of a, um, you know, later in the count, this is either going to be a swing and a miss or it's going to be a ground ball kind of a pitch. And it was pretty effective in that regard. Um, so, yeah, I, I it was an, an interesting, interesting, such a dumb word. It was a. I mean, fascinating outing in the sense that it, that it was it just felt totally different. Like the first two innings felt totally different. It really was, you know. I I can say all this stuff about pitch mix and 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 where he tunneled and and what he did execution wise all day long, um, but at the end of the day, it, it really just comes down to command. The the command in the first two innings was not really sharp, and the command in the last four innings, the later four innings was significantly better and he was able to take advantage um, uh, of some hitters a lot more five hits given up. Like I said, only one walk again, really, really solid in that regard, going to challenge hitters. Uh, and in the last four innings, certainly did that four strikeouts about what we're used to three or four. And again, the whiffs are about what we're used to as well. Um, so, so nothing we, we haven't seen before from him. Again, the biggest thing with Bo Brisky continues to be, can he consistently induce swings and misses? That's what it's going to come down to. And I know like some people on, on, uh, on the old bird app, some people on social media are, are like brisky, not haters, but like don't really believe in the future. I don't think anyone's really a hater of anyone in this starting pitching rotation because this wasn't what it was supposed to look like. And we're just kind of like stuck with it. Um, but I think there are definitely some people who are much more optimistic about him and some people who are much more pessimistic and watching him that that's understandable. If, if you are, you know, if, if you see a dominant pitcher or not dominant is, is a little bit of a stretch, but if you even see in, in your eyes, when you evaluate talent, if you think uh, a good starting pitcher should be able to, to get a tons of swings and misses and, and, and look like he's in charge because he's getting all these swings and misses and getting all these strikeouts. Bo Brisky is not that. And, and his ERA is not bad. It's, it's four one nine now after this outing, I believe. Um, and uh, it was below four at one point. Uh, he, he's had a couple of, of shutout outings um, in, in the last month or so. Like he, he's taken some strides and looked pretty solid, but, he is definitely at the current moment a a guy who pitches to contact and then tries to miss barrels because he doesn't have the stuff or the mix right now in his in his stage in development to miss bats. Um, and that is certainly going to be the, the thing with him. That is where his potential is capped off at. 
his potential raises to a whole nother level. The ceiling that he could potentially reach raises to a whole nother level. If he can consistently get swings and misses. And if he can never figure that out, then the heights that he can reach as a pitcher are going to get capped off at some point. So we'll see how we go. Still very young. Still got a lot of room to grow. Uh, and he does give a quality start in this one. Solid outing, really solid outing uh, pitch in a game in which the Tigers won. So not going to complain too terribly much there. Andrew Chafin then comes out, starts off, I think, leadoff single, and then just mowed down the rest of the lineup. Andrew Chafin's been absolute nails this year. His ERA downs, is down to 2-3. Uh, kind of a sleeper candidate for like people that probably should have been considered for the All-Star game. I, I don't think he, he – he, I know he wouldn't have gotten my vote. I've made it vocal that, that I would have gone Alex Lang uh, and Michael Fulmer ahead of Gregory Soto. But uh, definitely – you know, somebody that maybe got a little bit overlooked because he he's had a really good year. Then Joe Jimenez uh, really struggled in this one. We haven't said that in a long time. Um, look, it's uh, it's his ERA is up to three four eight now. It, it was bound to happen. This happens with relievers. But uh, the biggest thing for me, you know, nobody's going to care about this game that he gave up two runs in a game which the Tigers won in. If he goes on another almost month long streak without giving up. an earned run which is what he's coming off of he hasn't given up an earned run since june 15th um it is july 12th he gave up the runs uh, you know the game the royals game was july 11th so just under a month times passed there uh since his last earned run he gave up an unearned run on that disaster game a couple of days ago or not the game wasn't a disaster but really disastrous defensive performance uh, a few outings ago for him by the defense behind him but um and so I'm not going to take too much out of this at the moment. Uh, this is going to be, you know, if the next three starts, he keeps getting punched in the mouth and has given up two runs each of those times, then something is, has very clearly changed and we're not. And the, the rest of the season is, is, you know, we're going to have to do some deep diving on what's changed and what's wrong. Um, but nobody's ever had a zero ERA uh, in, you know, in, in the modern era, pitching as often as uh, these these relievers these days pitch. So uh, it was bound to happen eventually. And if he bounces back and, and again, doesn't give up a run for another three weeks, I'm not going to care about this game, especially because we ended up winning anyway. Michael Fulmer then came in. He's had some weird command stuff, man. I, it's, I don't know. Something about, he, he's been walking people lately. He, he's hit two batters in his last three outings. Uh, and I think he walked a person in the outing he didn't, in the, the only outing when he didn't hit a batter in his last three outings. Uh, and then he walked a batter a couple of outings before the, the, the hit by pit, the two hit by pitches ago. That was really horribly explained. I'm sorry. Um, but he, he's been, he's had some weird command stuff. He's walking some people lately. He, he's hitting people. I don't know. It's, 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 um, it's weird. Got out of the tightrope, out of danger in this one, right? Still with with a lead intact, and and we got the win and got a strikeout when it mattered the most, right? Um, yeah, that 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 cutter slider thingy, low and away, looked like a strike, and then was very much not a strike. Solid pitch with uh, with, with the base open still and everything. Um, I'm all for it. It's a good outing. And Michael Fulmer's ERA is under one nine. Like I, I'm I'm definitely not gonna gonna complain about his performance on the air because he's been absolutely fantastic um but if there is one thing that's kind of been weird with him lately it is the command 
for like one batter is kind of weird. And then he kind of seems to get like dialed in and then is fine. So something to keep an eye out for, but not something that I'm going to like freak out about because at the end of the day, he is um, still been one of the best relievers in the American league this year. And then Gregory Soto um, goes out and gets the ninth uh, fascinating stat that I found. Not that, well, that I found someone else found. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I did not discover the stat. Uh, somebody on Twitter, I discovered the tweet. I just strolled, ac- I did no, none of the work. Um, I came across the, the tweet um, uh, on Twitter. Somebody broke down Gregory Soto's career. The Twitter app is at Jerry McInem. I might be completely screwing up that name. I'm sorry, Jerry, uh, but you found a really, really fascinating stat, and I'm going to read it on air here. A Gregory Soto breakdown for when he walks a batter. In 11 appearances this season, that's eight and two-thirds inning pitched, he has, this is in outings that he has walked a batter, his K-to-walk ratio is 11 to 15. That's 15 more walks than strikeouts, 11 runs per nine, 11 runs, nine earned runs allowed, that is a 9.34 ERA, and his FIP is 8.30, which is unbelievably high. And then in 21 appearances, when he hasn't allowed a walk, his K to walk ratio is obviously 20 to zero because these are the outings in which he hasn't given up a walk. He has only given up one run; it was unearned. He has a zero ERA and a 1.54 FIP. That's remarkable to me. Shout out Jerry. At Jerry Mackinem, M-A-C-K-I-N-E-M. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable. That's a crazy find and it, it is fascinating because it shows what we've been talking about on the show for a while. We're like, he'll, one thing will go wrong for him and the whole outing will implode. But until that one thing goes wrong, he, he's kind of lights out. So weird. So weird. And, and the runner, you know, got all the way to third. And uh, if, if Javi doesn't put enough mustard on that throw, is going to end up scoring and everything. And I, I totally get that. It was certainly not a flawless outing. Um, it's almost like he didn't have confidence in, in Haas 100% either. Like at one point, Haas was begging him to just like throw the ball. He's like, throw the slider low. Like, it'll be fine. I'll get in front of it. I don't know. Greg, oh, Greg, we'll talk about him more during the All-Star break. We'll talk about a lot of these relievers during the All-Star break because um, unless you've been living under a rock, teams that usually are like 14, 15 games under 500 tend to sell at the deadline. And the only valuable pieces we have on this team, zero bats, um, no starters because they're all hurt. Uh, unless you want to trade Tarek Skubal, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You can go find that episode. Um, the only real value you have to trade at the deadline is relievers. And unfortunately, I guess, you have a lot of really good relievers. So we'll talk about that as we get closer to the trade deadline and uh, maybe over the All-Star break. We're probably going to have some guests over the All-Star break, too. It'll be a fun time. Okay, that's all I got for you. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen to Lockdown MLB Prospects Pod. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. 
and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Uh, that's all I got. We got a win. We have a chance to even the series against Kansas City. Uh, I believe Scoobles going on Wednesday. It'll be a day game. Um, yeah, I mean, if you lose that one, that's that's rough. Dropping 304 to Kansas City with the way this series has been played is brutal. So hopefully that doesn't happen. And hopefully we get like a clean win, like a deserved actual win. This this win did did not move me, as a wise man once said. All right. True for a win tomorrow, though. It's all we can ask for. There's always tomorrow. It's a beautiful thing about baseball. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. And I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.